Hey listeners, Taylor here. Next week, Lydia and I will be discussing the eighth and final book in the Bridgerton series, On the Way to the Wedding. In the meantime, please enjoy this uh, kind of random tangent. This is uh, a bit that we cut out from part one of Heist Time, or <laughs> It's in His Kiss, and this uh, was recorded before either of us had seen the teaser trailer. It hadn't come out yet. We'd just seen a few of the publicity photos for the Netflix series Bridgerton, which is coming uh, December 25th. We're very excited about this. Uh, so all of this speculation is even before the teaser trailer, but I think it does hold up, uh, especially now that we do know that uh, there's going to be some modern music Ugh, or modern inspired music. I'm I'm looking forward to the instrumental version of Thank You Next, personally. Uh, but for the rest of it, uh, we're we're in, we're in, as in the dark now as we were when we recorded this. Uh, so please enjoy Lydia and I talking about Marie Antoinette, the historical figure, Marie Antoinette, the movie, and our speculations on what kind of historical the Bridgerton series is going to be when it's on screen. I'm Tay. And I'm Lydia. You're listening to Calling Cards. So I'm going to talk a little bit about this, but um, I've also been listening to a lot of podcasts about Marie Antoinette lately. Don't ask why. It, it, I've come across several other like good podcasts about just like historical events in general. And then I've come across some really good, fascinating like royal podcasts. It's basically this woman talks about like specific events that have happened in in the nobility. Usually it's murder of some type of and or some type of bloody, you know, thing. But anyway, so I've been thinking a lot about the Marie Antoinette movie that Sofia Coppola did back in 2006. Yeah. And I remember watching that as a teenager and being really upset with it. And being like, oh, you're a purist. Yes, because I was like, I didn't understand it. Like, this is really dumb. Like, you wouldn't put music like that with that time period. That makes no sense. And I watch it now, 15 years later, as a 30-year-old. And it's like, oh, this makes so much sense. And like, why these choices were made. And yeah. And I think as a teen... I might like I, I think again my world w- was so narrow and now that like I've I've grown up and I've <laughs> I shouldn't say I've grown up don't ever grow up completely you have, you have grown up I mean <laughs> you haven't stopped growing except for the time except for the times when I'm a five year old which is a lot of the time which are many yeah no <laughs> just the way that I view the world is so different and to see Marie Antoinette portrayed in this way I think is so much more like liberating for her yeah. as a historical figure because she's r- really shit upon for no reason other than the fact that she's got a fucking vagina. <laughs> yeah. And w- what's amazing is when you, well, you probably know all this from the podcast, but it's amazing to me that like part of why the French people hate- hated her so much in my understanding is that, so her husband didn't take a mistress. Oh yeah, that's exactly. And the mistress was, yeah, the mistress was like, like a court position in French politics because of how things were. And like, I think, 
yeah and and they're used to like they're able to sort of pity the wife because of that and without that they were like they had everything to direct the directed i mean obviously there's it was all misogyny but it was many different flavors of misogyny oh my god there's just oh i i learned about when just before she was guillotined um one of her like closest confidants. I'm I'm really bad with names in terms of historical characters because they're all and they're French anyway. So and they're French, but like everybody's named Louis, George, and Nick Nicholas. <laughs> like Jesus yeah. fucking Christ. So um, but one of her closest courtiers, Madame Lebeau or something like that. Um, this is so fucked up. Like humanity, man. Let me just say, humanity is super super skewed. So she she was arrested with along along with the rest of the court and she was brought out in front of I think it was called the temple. I'm going to really botch the telling of this. Just going to say that. <laughs> she was brought out into the front of the temple, which is where I believe Marie Antoinette was held during her um imprisonment before she was guillotined. And this courtier was asked to um declare, you know, that she loved liberty and republicanism and woohoo, you know, go. And then to say, I hate Louis and I hate Marie Antoinette. And she was all for saying liberty and republicanism and woohoo, that's great. But she was like, Marie Antoinette's one of my closest friends. Like, I can't say that I hate her. That's just not going to happen. And um, this poor woman was basically like torn apart because she refused to condemn Marie Antoinette. Yikes. And so she was like beaten and she was decapitated. And all of this, I think, was happened. She was alive like when she was like being essentially torn apart by this crowd. Yikes. And then they decapitated her, brought her to like a makeup artist and a hairstylist. And they had the makeup done because her face was so like fucked up after, you know, being mm-hmm. beaten. And her hair was so bloody. So they... um washed the hair and styled it and then like made her face up and then put her head on a pike and held it outside of Marie Antoinette's room Mm -hmm. in the temple as as kind of just like ah look what we did yeah ew like I just was like sitting there listening to this podcast going oh my god oh my god my coworker actually was like what are you listening to (laughs) yeah not my favorite revolution no it was I just like, I know, again, I know it was very bloody, and I know many people, like, died, and it was very horrible, but Jesus, Mary Joseph and the freaking camel, and, like, a guard who was, like, somewhat sympathetic to all the crap they were putting Marie Antoinette through at the time, was like, you don't want to look outside because, like, your friend's head is out there, so, like, don't look out the window. And she was like, I'm not going to look out the window. <laughs> Or she was on the other or was like at the wrong window or something like, yeah, but she ultimately didn't see it is what it sounds like. Again, we won't ever really know because yeah. historical details. Yeah. But um, yeah, so well, that's definitely a good point, especially with like the Sofia Coppola film, because I think it got like a ton of criticism. And like, I think a lot of it does have to do with her being a female director and all that. I'm just going to say and like, but like also her distinctive style. Um, And I think that maybe this is having a similar style that'll be pretty cool i was pretty dazzled when i saw it as a teen i think but i was also like i can't like i can't believe they're doing it this way it was more like it was pretty cool like i liked the parts that weren't super modern Mm -hmm. when i was a kid 
a kid. Mm-hmm. I was a teenager when, when I was a teen. And I now I think those are the parts that, like, make the movie what it is. Yeah. And I think it is a really good lens to view the, the character of Marie Antoinette from because she was just a kid. She was 13 yeah. years old when she married the Dauphin. That's young. Yep. And she came with yeah. no family, left everything, quote unquote, Austrian behind and became French overnight, essentially. Yeah. And came to a place where she didn't know anybody. And Mm -hmm. now she's got to get married to this kid who doesn't really know what he's doing or like likely has some sort of issue. But again, he's also 13 years old. I mean, they're both really young. I was still going to middle school dances doing social studies projects and like yeah not doing very much other than trying to figure out life and hating middle school at that age Mm -hmm. like yeah yeah blows my mind well then you sit and think like she was only queen for about 20 years so she was two years older than i am when she died like that's shocking and so, yeah, I just, the more that I've learned about this poor, poor woman, I am, wow, I just feel, I feel bad. Do I think, I don't know, I'm not, I was not, you know, I don't know. I, was I mean, there's, there's a lot going on there, right? There's a lot of other aristocrats that died. There's a, a ton yes. of people who were not aristocrats who were suffering very yes. badly in a mismanaged kingdom for a very long time. Yes. There's a lot there, to it. There's a lot to it. Do I think all the blame should have been on Marie Antoinette, like it ended up being, according to... You know, the rebellion, revolutionaries, whatever. Right. No. Uh, uh, okay, so so where were we? <laughs> where were we going with this? I was talking about the movie Marie Antoinette. That's where. That's and then, I know. And then we I know. Let's where, where can we go back <laughs> again? Yeah. Tangent number one, ladies or listeners. Oh, okay. Tangent number one. All right. I can handle that. But anyway. So, yeah, so, like, I was making a comparison between, oh, my gosh. (laughs) I was making a comparison to what I think, I think what I, what Bridgerton is going to be is kind of in the same vein as Marie Antoinette. I think it's going to have some very modern concepts. Yeah. And possibly, I'm kind of hoping that we'll get some, like, modern music and stuff. Do I think it's going to be the show Rain? Hell to the no. Which is for the best. Like, oh. Okay, there's there's historical liberties and then there's historical liberties. There's like stylistic choices that is like, okay, is this not accurate to Regency England? No, but so are, n- neither is any other thing that we will ever do because we are a film set. And then there's let's make a hot romance between people who are actually like, you know, preteens in real life or, you know, br- like, yeah, let's pretend that they weren't because like there's a lot. I haven't seen Rain. I'm not just slamming it, but like shows like that that are like. All right, CW historicals. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> I haven't seen them, but I'm still judging them. <laughs> I, I've seen it. I, I ac- recently started rewatching it, and I was like, why? <laughs> okay. Why? The show <laughs> is so bad. Oh, my gosh. It's so bad. Um, oh, man. My friend was so into that at the, when it first came out. I was, too. Like, I was like, I yeah. like, and I knew, like, I am fully, was fully aware it was terrible. <laughs> And but I was like, okay, I'm like kind of into it. Like the costumes are pretty; they're not historically accurate, but they're cute. And then yeah. I'm watching this now, and I'm just like, 
Yeah. The dialogue is so terrible. <laughs> and like it just it's it's very I don't even consider it a historical at this point because Yeah, yeah. Nothing yeah, in I it that. Fa- nothing in it like factually happened. Mm-hmm. Like Fran right. like King Francis dies almost dies like six different times when in reality he got sick and he died at like the age of 16 and he was done and then Nostradamus is like this big old seer with like magical powers oh interesting choice and there's like a darkness <laughs> like, there's I, always I a darkness I can't even like <laughs> okay <laughs> and then what but tell me about the crossover with arrow part what I'm, that was that was a joke. <laughs> Sorry, it's a bad well, joke. No, I think what so like somebody at some point <laughs> from Rain ended up on Arrow. Okay, that's CW. But that's yeah, I know. But that that's part of the joke. Is like when does when does uh, Oliver Queen come on Rain and help help them out? I mean, right, Oliver so Queen didn't, didn't play. in some of those clothing. I wouldn't be mad at that. I'm just not gonna lie. Okay. I wouldn't be mad at that. But well, I don't think anyone's. I don't think any, that anyone would be mad at that. I think there would be some other issues with the source material. Uh, right. So that's one type of historical, right? That's like basically not historical. Then you've got the like, I guess my pet peeve even more than that is the like purest one where it's like, oh, we're doing this to be historically accurate, which is why we have to have like extreme violence and sexual assault and like you know this and that and the other. And it's like, but you're basically replicating version of history that we think is real but actually isn't reality so like not the like going back to the sources or starting with a good source uh, to begin with you know like I, you know like even like hamilton which starts with a, a well-sourced biography right or you know instead of doing that or consulting historians it's just like all right we all know what history was like because we all have this image in our minds so we're gonna go with that only and we're not gonna allow anything like any like any interesting female characters or any characters of color because this is after all the UK, France, America, da 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 da, whatever. So we can't, it's history with capital H, so we can't possibly have any of this inclusion, but we're also going to have these things. That's annoying and dumb and like not historical. Mm-hmm. This, which we only know from pictures so far, Bridgerton, it's going to be really cool, uh, no matter what it is and how historical it is. It makes me think a bit about um, Gentleman Jack, just bring that up again, because they have like a, like a very like, uh, surprising slash anachronistic like uh, soundtrack mm-hmm. to it, which is like I th- I don't think everyone likes it. I think it's freaking hilarious, and and suits. It's a jaunty tune and mm-hmm. it works for the thing. And they also do like the Jim looks to the camera the uh like from the office kind of. I know I've said this on this podcast before, but those are like slight modernizations of something that has a historical source text that does I think follow it pretty closely, but is aware that like. It's making it for modern audience. Some of the ideas in it seem more modern, even though they're, again, from, um, like, 1800s uh, diaries. So I think this is similar where, you know, every historical, uh, especially any historical production, really says more about the period in which it's being made than the period it is, you know, referring to. And I think Bridgerton's are really going to be a piece of 2020 and, and, and things like that. Not necessarily, like... COVID stuff, but like, what what are we, what are audiences expecting? Like, what are we, you know, what kind of messages are being conveyed? And I think that Bridgerton's as texts uh, work really well translating to to the modern era because because of how how great they are. Well, like just on a whole too, like the Bridgertons are a fairly modern family. 
Yeah. As we've seen in all, and we've talked about this on the pod as mm-hmm. well, where we've seen over and over again that the Bridgertons themselves aren't like any other Regency family. Their, yeah. their parents had a large hand in raising them. Unusual for the time period. And they're very large family, wealthy family. Very large, wealthy family. Um, and just good things, with the exception of the death of Edmund Bridgerton. Um, on a whole, good things seem to happen to them. Um, they have not had any major family deaths besides Edmund Bridgerton. And they are just, like, they're fairly progressive. Yeah. For... And there's... The t- oh, for sure. For the time period. And that's, I mean, obviously that's due to, to JQ and her fabulous writing style. Which you can, mm. you can work to modernize these historicals because you still want to connect to your audience. And this is this is a yeah. way to connect to your audience who, again, mm. is a modern audience. Exactly. Like, basically, like, shoving ideas down our throats of like, oh, the, well, this is okay because it's what they thought at the time. is like, yeah, but I don't really want to read that. Whereas Julia Quinn is coming in and saying, I have new, like, I have things to say about, like, human experiences that will transcend what time that they're set in. Yes. And she just puts them in these these very well-developed characters. And so we're able to go on those journeys with them. And so that, I mean, because the show is going to be starting with these books and this writing and these characters, especially the characters in the family and how well-developed it is. It really it, it has a good starting point to be very good and to to you know to connect with the audiences. I think I think that's really going to happen. Absolutely, cool. but yeah. So we squealed over the pictures quite a bit. That was so exciting. It was very exciting, <laughs> and getting a date is so exciting. It is, and again, this is just these are books. So I'm I'm going to com- use the comparison for Outlander because it's kind of one of the only comparisons that I have. Mm-hmm. But so Outlander, I. I did fully expect at some point it would have been it would be made into a movie or a TV series, which it was, and it's it's gone off the rails a little bit. Sorry to all my other Outlander friends, but it has. I love it. Like, do not get me wrong, I still love it. It has a very special place in my heart. I always kind of expected because of the way that the story is told, and it's also quote unquote is a romance, but it's not a romance. Just a romance. It's not just mm-hmm. a romance. So I always expected it to be made into okay. a television series or something or a movie. That was not the case with the Bridgertons. No. It's amazing. It's, I, I was mind blown. It's amazing. I, it, it's a, I, when the, this was announced, I, I mean, I, I screamed. I was shaking. <laughs> I was screaming so hard. I was so excited because you're going to start, they're going to start tapping. I, like, I, this is going to succeed. This is going to be. Oh, yeah. A successful hit for Netflix. Yeah. I think this so. is, and it's going to open up a whole new genre. And here's the thing that I think I love so much about romance books. It, yeah, it's going to open up a whole new genre and a whole new source, whole bunch of source material for yeah studios like Netflix and um, HBO and others to come in and say these are good materials. Yeah. And they have a huge built-in fan base. I mean, a huge built-in fan base. Yeah, there's a million romances out there. There are. And we're starting to see over the last couple years, especially, like with Hallmark Christmas movies. And like you, we, we've seen this kind of fascination with romance and happily ever after mm. in the last couple years. I mean, Hallmark Christmas movies aren't new, right? 
They're not, but I think it's taken on a life of its own. Okay. Like, I don't think it's ever been marketed the way that it has the last couple of years. Like, does hmm. that make sense? I mean, I don't, you don't like, really watch You don't really watch so. it. But, like, we see Netflix is doing them now as well. Yeah, that's for sure. It's kind of become this this genre that's just kind of like spreading just from Hallmark and onto all these other mm. platforms where the movies don't necessarily have to be good, but people are still going to mm-hmm. eat them up. Now, that being yeah. said, that being said, people do want good material. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to see that with Bridgerton. We're going to get. Oh, yeah. We're going to see it. There are so much other material. There are so many other creators out there whose yeah. books deserve something like this. So I think and, it's a good yeah, gateway. And that lend themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like, I'm desperately, desperately, <laughs> desperately wanting Alyssa uh, Cole's Reluctant Royals to come to screen because I think it would be yeah. fabulous. Yeah, be excellent. It would be excellent. So I, I like it, it makes me so excited for the genre as a whole because I think we're yeah. going to start to get some really excellent TV series. The Ripped Bodice, which is a bookstore out in LA, a romance only bookstore out in LA. Mm-hmm. And if you guys haven't followed their socials, do it. Check out their website. They are fantastic. Check it out. They are actually like signed with a studio to help produce romance mm-hmm. uh projects so it's so exciting we've got some good stuff coming our way the hating game has been picked up for a movie mm-hmm. there were a couple other i just re- like read an article a couple of days ago or either read an article or listen to somebody speak about it about the stuff that's coming out after bridgerton and it's a lot cool. and it's really good so that's awesome and then just really quickly before we end this, um, the two podcasts I were talking about at the beginning of this, one was You Are Wrong About, which is great. That takes a journalistic kind of approach to dif- to debunking different um, events in history. And I've actually learned so much about them, about Marie Antoinette, about the Romanovs and Anastasia. Uh, and then the one I listened to this week was about Anita Hill. Which oh, that was cool. very, that was incredibly timely? interesting. Very timely <laughs> yeah. and incredibly interesting. Um, wow. And then the other one about all of the bloody, bloody history that is nobility <laughs> around the world is called Noble Blood. Um, and it's fantastic. It's basically like a half hour story time where the, po- the pod host, uh, Dana Schwartz, just tells a story about historical events and it's fantastic so i have rocked both of those thanks for listening to calling cards next week we are reaching the finish line on our read through of the bridgertons oh my gosh with on the way to the wedding so tune in to hear if we change our minds about gregory and to find out what we're planning to do next as usual please rate and subscribe and tell people why you enjoy listening to us recommend us we want other people to enjoy us as well you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Calling Cards Pod, on Twitter at Cards Calling, on our website, callingcards.wixsite.com slash callingcardspod, or by emailing us at callingcardspod at gmail.com. Original music by Postacat. Find out more by following at Postacat Music on Instagram. Woo. Woohoo.